One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. Hi, welcome to Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadakin, and this is Melrose Place, season two, episode fourteen, Under the Mistletoe. Okay, it's a Christmas episode. I I don't know if we talked about this in the first Christmas Melrose Place episode we did, but I'll just reiterate: I generally dislike Christmas episodes of TV shows. For the most part, I think 90% of them are bad. I don't necessarily mind them on certain types of shows, but I certainly don't need them on Melrose Place. Like, I don't. Unless I, it's going to be Santa murdering everyone at Melrose Place or something. Like, uh, well, that it doesn't would, work. It that doesn't would work. At least be interesting. It doesn't work on a show like this. I don't need to learn the meaning of Christmas from these assholes. I, like, I sighed so hard when the first thing we hear is, Nikki wants a Christmas party. I was like, I don't want an episode revolved around Nikki. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I said this was episode 14. This is episode 15. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, was, I knew we were in for like a ho-hum, bah-humbug <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, you mean bah-humbug on our part? No, just the episode was not going to be good. Or yeah. like great, yeah. Because it's too, it's gonna, it was going to be too Nikki centric because it had to be right. I mean, luckily it ends positively. These types of episodes always feel like they're semi filler episodes, like semi, um, even almost like bottle episodes, right? And we just had a Thanksgiving one like a few weeks ago. Not that a bottle episode is, is necessarily a filler episode because those episodes can be used to convey, like can flesh out characters more. But this, it didn't seem like there was any, a lot, a whole lot of movement on stuff, on the action. No. And there was definitely a little bit of that Christmas magic in the air, which, Look, I I have I like Christmas time. I like the holidays, but I don't really need to see it on, on Melrose Place. Yeah, I just don't. This is not the type of show. It's like it, it makes more sense on a family sitcom mm, or whatever. Like, right. Even if you don't like the episode, you can't really blame them for doing it. Well, it's expected. Yeah, because it's a family. <laughs> there's, this, there's just there. I feel like there would could be a way to do it on this show, but whatever they did is just stupid. Anyway, it, this episode also has. One of the most eye-rolling scenes throughout the whole series that I always just kind of roll my eyes at, which is Sydney's confessional. 
Oh yeah. Which but, is, I, but it's very perfect for, <laughs> I just mean that it's like, of course they did it for yes. the Christmas episode. Yeah. The, the broken down, you know, Mary Magdalene type right, yeah. walking into a church and asking for forgiveness. It's, like, it's, it's just, just like, it's just too on the nose and too moralizing. And I hate it. I would have laughed. Like, if that was the main storyline, I think that would have been funny. Or if they did a Michael Mancini, Ebenezer Scrooge, like a Christmas Carol <laughs> type thing, like at least that would have been humorous to me. Like Michael Mancini is the Ebenezer Scrooge character who is visited by all the ghosts. Right. That would have been funny. And then he has like a, his come to Jesus moment at the end, but then the very next episode, it's never mentioned again and he's the same <laughs> asshole. Yeah, yeah. That, like seriously, that was he. That was the perfect setup for them to do. Because especially now, he's kind of miserable. They he's, honestly might do that in a future maybe. season. I feel like they might do that. <laughs> to be honest, it's it, possible. It, it works. Okay, let's just begin. We start off immediately with some very steamy hmm. Billy and Amanda fucking. They're still fucking. They're rolling around, and then it immediately cuts to Billy waking up in Amanda's bed and it appears it looked like the way this was shot or edited made it seem like he was just having a wet dream. Oh, I think you're right. Cause later in the scene, he does say I was thinking about it. Okay. And then I, I love the lovemaking scene. That's what I call it. Cause that's what Billy calls it where they had like another stereotypical thing, the hand gripping the right. sheet. <laughs> Like a close-up of Amanda's hand just gripping the sheet. That's always a classic shot of like the hand either up against the wall, the hand in the car in Titanic pressing up against the window, or the hand gripping something. Especially in a show where you can't really show much. You know? Yeah. So Billy and Amanda did have sex the night before, but it was so hot that he had a dream about it. Mm. Did you notice Amanda has lavender carpet? No. Yes. And full full carpeted room in a lavender color. So you know she had that installed. She had it installed because <laughs> there was no way that was there. <laughs> no. God, she's such a fucking bitch. <laughs> so it's like the bitchiest carpet color for um, some reason. <laughs> I definitely had a lavender room when I was like in ele- or middle school. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty color. But I like, still love lavender, yeah. but I don't know if I would get lavender carpet today. No. Uh, okay. So Billy, once he comes to, he kind of realizes, he's like, oh, shit, I'm in Amanda's apartment. I don't want to be here. This was a one-night stand. He gets up. He's really awkward with Amanda, and she's like, oh, hey. And last night was great. You were incredible. (laughs) Amanda's the type of person, I feel like she just builds a guy up just to kind of, like, make him hers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even buy that it's sincere in a way. It's like not love bombing. It's something else Yeah, that she does. Build up their confidence. Because we saw what happened when she ended up getting into the relationship with Billy. Once she was, they were comfortable, she <laughs> yeah. was like, listen, Billy. <laughs> she was a bitch. You can't leave your shit all over yeah, the floor. Totally. Um, but Billy just wants to get out of there. And she's like, relax, Billy. And that's when Allison knocks on the door. And she opens the door. We get a classic sitcom moment where Billy is hiding behind the open door while Amanda is talking to Allison. He's holding his pants. He's holding his khaki pants. So there's no getting out of that one. No. <laughs> and he's praying to God that 
Amanda shuts the door and Allison leaves so that he can sneak out. But what Amanda does, I felt, was so cunty. That was insane because she wants to get caught. Because she wants to get caught because this is a continuing pattern with Amanda. Her This back and forth with Billy, it all goes back to Billy, if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, come on in, Allison. <laughs> Well, Billy's hiding behind the door, but Allison doesn't notice as her back is like turned and he sneaks out. And Allison is wearing a red, black, and white striped skirt that has a red blazer. From Talbot's. <laughs> it's with, so with, crazy. <laughs> has, yeah, the black detailing on it. Because the, the stripes are kind of like flared out. They're not like pinstripes it's like these like geometric stripes it's a geometric vibe <laughs> yeah it's not a cute suit that's like you would, you would get like a huge paloma picasso statement yes. bracelet to wear yes yes <laughs> oh my god a hundred percent the paloma picasso the the, the little gold cross like x yes the, it's yes. not a cross it's an x oh, oh my god and the, they I don't know if this was how it was in the original, but they have they purchased some fa la 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 music because okay. Billy's running out. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. This fa la 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 and the airport. Yeah, there's a few. I- <laughs> um, so Billy, after he makes it out the door, he's like, yeah, it's like this very silly, jaunty version of Deck the Halls. It's instrumental. Yeah, that's plain. And this is another thing I hate about Christmas music is when they mix Christmas music into the score. Yeah. And this was a high comedy moment. Yeah. According to Melrose Place. Total sitcom moment. By the way, the reason Allison went over to Amanda's house, this is just the gall of Allison. Mm. She says, Amanda, hi. I was just, I haven't gotten any Christmas shopping done. I was wondering if I could have the day off. (laughs) (laughs) How do you? It's like you're a professional. I don't Allison. know where she gets off. How, I can you imagine ever asking a boss that? Like it's not a good excuse, especially with her track record. No, <laughs> it's crazy. And I guess since Amanda's just been fucked stupid, she's like, "Come okay. on in, yeah. <laughs> let's <Fine>. talk about it." <laughs> she doesn't care. While Billy is holding his pants, he's in his boxers. He runs into Mara Wilson, mm. Nikki, in the in the courtyard, and she's like, Hi, Billy, I've got you a Christmas ornament. She's made ornaments. She's basically written everyone's name on plain glass red ornaments. Yeah. Um, they have a whole conversation, and he's sitting there in his boxer shorts, <laughs> and not one word is said about <laughs> she, it. <laughs> she doesn't even, at her age... At that age, a child would definitely ask, why aren't you wearing your pants? They could have had a cute little line from her, right? Yeah. And Billy has to come up with some stupid excuse. Yeah, like I, I peed. peed. The- <laughs> <laughs> I peed the- I peed, my I peed myself. Um, he makes it inside of Jake's apartment, which is where he's living now, and he puts on his pants. It's all very silly. And that's when Jake emerges shirtless, looking like a snack. Oof, there's a lot of good shirtless Jake in the next two episodes. We're going to talk about that one. That was a a porno moment. Because it was like, why is this happening (laughs) right now? So Jake's like, oh man, where have you been? 
Allison's been calling you. She called five times. Like, yeah, dude, calm down, Allison. And Billy's Billy just says to Jake, "I was having a three way with some twins." <laughs> That's his excuse. <laughs> I ran into some twins last night. And Jake's like, "Why didn't you call me?" He's like, "Well, because that's an like- awkward four way. <laughs> we'll never recover from Jake." <laughs> Jake tells Billy about his fight with Amanda because um, he was working for the FBI to get her dad. And he's like, I just want to get out of here. And Billy's like, well, good luck. I tried getting in a flight to Denver. <laughs> yeah. And all the flights are sold out. It's like, yeah, because it's the day before Christmas. You idiot. You, you absolute goon. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> Classic Billy. Like, you wouldn't prepare to buy it. You'd have to do that a month or more in advance. He's acting like it's the airline's fault, which, like, I'm not, like, you know, you're gonna, not standing the I'm airlines. I'm not standing the airlines before you give me an email, but it is. This is a his problem. Yeah, this, absolutely. This is not Look, this situation. It's not the fault of the airline. Absolutely not. Um, Allison comes looking for Billy at Jake's. She is like, she's going him. everywhere. She's stalking him at this point. And Jake lies and says he isn't there. And she's like, well, I want him to stop by D&D after work. We're having like a Christmas party and I want to talk to him. Why would you bring that to the Christmas party? Like talk to your ex who just left you? (laughs) Let's have the conversation at my Christmas party. (laughs) Why? (laughs) What's she thinking? Um, And Jake thinks when Allison leaves... Jake is like, why aren't you? Why are you avoiding Allison? And Billy's like, because she went up to Steve's ranch and they fucked. Yeah, duh. I don't. I'm mad at her. We're not together anymore. And Jake's like, well, I think you should hear her out. Yeah, and he doesn't know Billy just banged Amanda, his ex. Right. So Billy can't tell anyone what happened. No, really. He's got to keep that to himself. <laughs> well, he jerks off later. <laughs> at Matt's, he's making cereal for Nikki. And she's like, I want to have a Christmas party. Mm. And she's a very smart little girl because she knows if she can get anyone to throw her a party, it's Matt. She's already learned at a very young age that you can easily manipulate Matt into doing what you want. (laughs) And she also just keeps piling things on. She's like, I want a tree. Yeah. I want mistletoe. Snow. The snow was crazy. I was like, come on. For a second... In this episode, there's a moment where Allison complains that it feels like it's 30 degrees outside. I was I had forgotten what went down in this episode, but I was like, oh my God, does snow happen at the end of this episode? Is it like a magical Christmas right. snow? Because doesn't right. that that's, feel like something that would happen in this that's episode? That's happened before in other TV shows, where it's like, for oh, sure. Oh, it's Santa. It's a Christmas miracle. But like in LA, so it's magical. Yeah. So Nikki misses the snow. She wants to go back to Russia where it's fucking cold for Christmas. And Matt's like, well, he gives her like the most gay suggestion ever. He's like, let's watch White Christmas. (laughs) He's like, look, honey. I love that they must have had a gay writer on the show because that is that you don't come up with that. No. That's no, not like that it's is, a wonderful life or something. That's not even a straight woman's suggestion. No. <laughs> well, I mean, for me. For you, Desi. For you. 
But you got to be queer to pull white Christmas out of your ass. That's not a first choice. No. It is very good, though. I mean, no, I, I was proud of Matt. Too. It's really good. <laughs> so, Allison and Joe are shopping, and th- this is when Allison's like, God, it's like 30 degrees outside. And Joe's like, uh, Don't tell me about the, the cold. I'm from New York. <laughs> Why is Allison still wearing that suit? She has a day off. She she doesn't have to wear it anymore. She what? could have thrown some fucking jeans on or like whatever well, she wears in a blouse. Why did she put it on in the first place? Yeah. Because I mean, I can see putting it on maybe because she thought she might have to go into work. But like take that off before you go shopping. I think it would have been better if you were. she showed up in jeans like, look, Amanda, I don't want to get dressed. <laughs> totally. I'm in my shopping clothes. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes no sense that Joe is like dunking on um, Allison for this because Allison's from Wisconsin where I'm pretty sure it's like very cold snowstorms. Look, we acclimate once we're here. We do acclimate and we've talked about this before probably on Hollywood crime scene, but everyone's idea of the cold is relative to where they are from. Yes. So, you know, lay off us Californians. And this conversation, we get the first hints of um, the expectation of a Christmas miracle happening. Yes. They lay the seeds here. They in lay the seeds. Um, Joe is like talking about how Christmas Eve, because it's Christmas Eve when they're doing, look, this is, I relate to this. They're doing their Christmas shopping <laughs> on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and she's... She's like reminiscing that she had her first kiss with Jake on Christmas Eve. And Allison's, Allison is whining about Billy. She's like, I, I didn't sleep with Steve. It's like, yeah, but he thinks you did. But also, like, what she doesn't seem to grasp is like, you left to yeah. sleep with Steve. Yes. Just because it didn't happen didn't mean in that moment you made a choice. Like, it's crazy to me that she doesn't get that. The betrayal is still there. Yeah. And she, and the dishonesty is still there. And, this wasn't an isolated incident with Steve either. No, and the last thing I want to do is defend Billy. No. <laughs> but he's like right here. Billy is completely in the right in this situation. And Allison is acting like Billy's being really unreasonable. It's like, I don't think he's being unreasonable at all. No. He handles it like a baby. He handles it like a baby, and he shouldn't have fucked Amanda because what did he think was going to happen? Of course she was going to want to make it a thing. Right. I mean, he only should have done that if he truly is like, I'm never going back to Allison. And it wasn't there yet, right? Like they still were sort of in the early stages where things could work out technically. Right. So Joe is like, I wouldn't expect Billy to you know, want to get back together with you anytime soon, Allison. And she's like, I have an idea. Why don't we have a girl's Christmas and we all eat and get fat? Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Sounds I fun. do that every Christmas. <laughs> that's an, For them, it seems unusual, but... <laughs> for me, that's like the magic of Christmas. Absolutely. Jane returns home with her own shopping bags and Michael is bitching and moaning that the tree is blocking the TV. And he's like, she put him in charge of putting the lights on the tree. Why? He's, he's in a wheelchair, Jane. He can't get reach up. And she's like, it's, it's not that tall, but it's clearly like 
almost up to the ceiling. He can get the midsection. So the lights are only halfway up the tree. It was really sad to me. And Michael's drinking a beer while he's doing it. Right. And he's clearly drunk because he starts going on this rant about, I guess they need a tree for gimps, for handicapped people. Yeah. They need oh. a handicap tree, don't they? <laughs> he's really uh, depressed. Yeah, he tells her he's depressed and that he doesn't know if he'll ever walk again. And he's also really mad that she's in love with someone else. Yes. Michael put all his eggs in one basket, and that was Kimberly. <laughs> now he's trying to backtrack and get back together with Jane, basically. Right. I mean, that's what he's trying to do right now, and it's insane to me. It's so pathetic. He knows he made a big boo-boo sleeping with Kimberly in the first place, but if he can't have Kimberly because she's dead, he's going to go back to the next best thing, which is his ex-wife. Well, Michael is a serial monogamist. (laughs) Who cheats on those people. Who cheats on them all, but he likes to be in a relationship. Because yes. he wants to be taken care of. He wa- he wants a mommy. No, and so I think in his mind, I'll get back together with Jane until I find someone else, and then I can move in with them. Like that's that's totally his plan. Yeah, like that's what he likes to do. Anyway, this is a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At the D&D holiday Christmas party, this is a very unlit party. This, oh my God. This doesn't look fun. They, they didn't even dim the lighting. They're literally hanging out at the reception desk. <laughs> It's so stupid. It looks like something that just happened off the cuff after work one day. Like no one planned this. There's no fucking band, DJ, like nothing. Somebody is like, uh, did anyone get food? Uh, okay, I'll just call Cuckoo Roo. Remember Cuckoo <laughs> yeah, Roo? Of course. And we'll go pick up some chicken. Also, everyone's just wearing their office clothes. Like they didn't even go home and change into like something sparkly. No, they're yeah. They're <laughs> Do you usually, know what I mean? <laughs> they're usually in something sparkly. Anyway, Amanda walks up to Billy and she basically is like, "I'm so horny." She's vibrating, like she's like our little secret. Like <laughs> it's just like she's living. She's living for this. I guess they do have eggnog there because she's like, "I'll go get you some eggnog." 
Right. But who's getting wasted off of eggnog? I'm sorry. Like (laughs) if you can get through one cup, if you get wasted from drinking eggnog, you're also vomiting and diarrhea, diarrhea at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I've literally (laughs) never had more than a few sips of eggnog, like just to be like, I'll have a few sips of eggnog just to be festive. I'm not drinking cups of it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really drink eggnog before I got sober. So maybe I would have been that person who did get managed. If all that, that was all that was if available. If that was all that was available, yeah. I probably would and have. And Allison back in the day. <laughs> and in the future. And in the future, she would have been Spike in the bowl. Allison approaches Billy. She wants to talk. And she brings him into an office where nobody is. And, and she's like, and he's like, what is it, Allison? And she's like, Billy. Nothing happened. Nothing even happened at the ranch. Yeah. We didn't fuck. We I just went up there to fuck, <laughs> <laughs> but but I couldn't go through with it. And she's like, "I just want you back." And she tells him that, um, like, she realized she's like, I, "Steve, like, I chose you. Why yeah. are you still mad at me?" She doesn't get it. No one wants to be um, one of the choices. <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like in Love is Blind where they go with their second choice. It's like that can't, that never feels great. Well, when it's in a serious situation, it's not like a dating situation where they're just getting to know each other and it's not serious. It's okay if like you go with somebody else, but in this situation, it's like, he's like, oh, but you would have gone with him if the sex, if he, you, it was more spicy when you went there. Or whatever. But he, he's in a relationship with Allison and she's basically saying to him, let me see what this is like because I might want this over you, but stay here <laughs> in case I don't and want to come back to you. Yeah. That's just bad. She wants to get back together and he rejects her. He's like, no. And then he leaves and Amanda, of course, is like, ooh. <laughs> Did Billy reject you? <laughs> She's just, she's what, smiling ear to ear. She's like, what was that all about? And Allison says nothing and walks off. And then we see Amanda smile because she knows what that was about. Look, um, anytime we go off a scene on Amanda or Michael's smiles, we know it was a little juicy scene. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, Michael is struggling in the kitchen. He drops a bunch of shit. All over the floor, just like he's in an infomercial. Yeah. He's he's struggling with some very basic tasks and needs an infomercial product to kind of help him out. Yes. But Jane has finally opted to hire a caretaker. And she she looks like it's the actress from who played Large Marge. Yes. It's like that type. A really big Irish woman. <laughs> <laughs> Irish. Well, because her name's Colleen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming that she is. She's, like, she's a nurse. That's a very, you know, common, like, there's a lot of Irish uh, background nurses, and right? And she's a tough broad. Because she needs to, like, lift a man up, right? Yeah. Because she needs to help him out. She's a tough Irish broad. And she, she's, like, not, I mean, the least Jane could have done, even though why would Jane do anything to please Michael? But, like, <laughs> She should have hired someone hot because he would have been like, hello, nurse. I, yes, there's that option. But then there's also the option Jane chose, which is also funny. It's very funny. (sighs) She chose this very unhot older woman 
to whip Michael into shape and to assist him while she spends the holidays at Robert's house. And he's pissed. He's like, Jane, don't I have any say? (laughs) It's like, no, no, you do not. (laughs) It's either here or the rehab clinic. And I am kind of wondering at this, it's like, how long has he been waiting for that bed? It seems (laughs) like it's been a few weeks already. Yeah. He, as soon as Jane walks out the door, he's like, sorry, lady, you're fired. What did he think he was going to do then? Seriously. Like, it's, this is a better option just because she's not hot and she's not Jane. Right. You and can't do anything. Colleen is not having it. She's like, uh, she told me that might happen. <laughs> she told me you might try that, Mancini. I work for her. <laughs> and he goes, where'd you go to nursing school? Guantanamo? <laughs> I mean, this is exactly the nurse Michael needs. Mm. Uh, He's met his match with Colleen. I love Colleen. I'm a Colleen stan, especially when she says, you smell. (laughs) You need a bath. She drags him to the bathtub and he's like, help. (laughs) (laughs) Jake and Amanda are talking in the courtyard and she's like, I'm still planning on evicting you, Jake. I'm going to find a way, even if it's illegal. (laughs) Because I'm a slumlord. Uh, no, this, this, her attitude towards Jake is fucking crazy. Because it's like not even a smidge of you is thinking, well, my dad is a little shady. <laughs> like, you just know that Amanda Woodward, if she was around in 2023, she would be that bitch on next door who just has the absolute worst opinions and like says some of the most ghoulish shit on oh, next totally. door. Um, and she's just that, even though like her job first isn't a landlord, like as a landlord, she's just like, ah, just paint over it. No, she doesn't follow any of the rules of landlording. Like, no, cause there are, there are things I think they are supposed to follow, but none of them do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's, he's like still pleading with her. Like Amanda, I didn't have a choice. The FBI made me do it. And she's like, well, my daddy isn't a criminal. And then she goes on this spiel. She's like, you know, my daddy warned me about you. Mm. He said, never get involved with a grease monkey. A gold digging grease monkey. A gold digging grease monkey. (laughs) But I was like, well, first of all, that's not true. Because your dad liked the fact that he was a grease monkey and hired him because of that. Yeah. So I doubt that he was also like, but don't, don't marry a gold digger grease monkey. I guess he did say, have your fun. Oh, yeah. I think he did say have your fun with him, but he's not, it's not, it's not marriage material. It's not marriage material. Also, uh, Jake is not a gold digger. He well, wouldn't even, <laughs> he wouldn't even accept, he wouldn't even accept stuff that uh, was just a friend helping him out. We know no, this. No, yeah, he's Jake, not. Jake is, Jake would fall in love with a woman who was like a multimillionaire and it would be like a le- totally legitimate relationship and he would still be like, I don't want a handout. I'll sleep in yeah. the garage. Did you buy that food? <laughs> like, just like, he'd be like I'll sleep in the car yeah um at shooters Sydney is working and she talks to Joe briefly and she's got other tables to wait though and the next table she goes over to is a booth where Lauren is sitting yes now she has quit at this point so Lauren Oh, no, she hasn't quit at this point, but she has planning on quitting. She's kind of faded out, like stayed away from Lauren for a bit. Yeah. yeah. So she runs into Lauren and Lauren's like, I want to talk. 
And she, right in the middle of shooters in broad daylight, puts a vial of Coke on the table. <laughs> and slides it over. <laughs> like, <sighs> lady, you can't do that. I know it's shooters. Right. But like... You, you got, would at least do like a little fake handshake or something. Or like, meet me in the bathroom. Yeah. What? Meanwhile, Joe is like looking at this whole interaction. So presumably other people in this restaurant are like, oh, there's a Coke deal happening at the booth next door. I would have been living. I would oh. be like, look at that. <laughs> I would have totally been eavesdropping on these girls. Even in my sloppiest days, I would have never allowed a transaction like this to take place. Yeah, it's like, don't be stupid, especially Lauren. She actually has so much to lose. And she has street smarts, presumably. No, it's wild. Um, She also has a date for Sydney. And like we said, Joe is watching this whole thing go down because at this point, Joe is suspicious of how Sydney is making money. Also, Lauren's like, you're my number one girl. It's like, how is that possible? She's <laughs> gone on two dates. <laughs> right. Um. And so Joe's watching this go down, and when Lauren leaves, she Joe's like, who is that, Sydney? Yeah. And Joe's like, um, you know, just a customer. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Nikki opens a package that has arrived from Russia, from Katya, her mother, and it's Christmas presents for her and Matt. And Nikki is wearing pajamas that I would have completely coveted as a child. Mm. They were like a mixed pattern, <laughs> very prairie looking set. Yeah. Did you notice that? I and I think I had pajamas like that, like a kind of almost dirndly looking. They almost looked like the kind of pajamas that you would have that your American girl doll had the matching pair yes. in like a smaller set. And it's like flannel. It's flannel. So it was like a mixed pattern. So like a floral with like a plaid mm. and then the collar was like floral and then the pants were floral and the, it was like that kind of thing and yeah. it was really cute. No, I loved I loved all those like flannelly. I god, I feel like I had so many cute sets of PJs as a kid. It's not something you really do so much as an adult, but as a kid, you have matching PJs. Right? I'm also like, just so particular about what I like to sleep in yeah, at night. Yeah. The cuteness factor doesn't factor in as oh, much. Oh, no. But as a kid, I felt like I slept in all kinds of shit I would never sleep in now. No, absolutely. Um, but I do love a matching PJ set, and they have their little moment in this scene. She says that Matt's her best friend. Aww. And honestly, that might be true. <laughs> She's the only one who actually treats Matt like well. Yeah. Right? She she listens to Matt. They do have a special relationship. Well, and this is a one relationship where it's perfectly reasonable that Matt is the sort of more caretaker person because it's a child. She's a child. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she actually seems like more concerned with Matt than sometimes his own adult friends. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Because they never ask what's going on with Matt. She's also, yeah, she's in, more intuitive to his emotions. <laughs> no one has given a goddamn fuck about Matt. Have you ever heard anyone on this show ask Matt what's going on in his life? <laughs> It's, it's always them coming to Matt for help. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. So meanwhile, Sydney has a gross date. Ugh. 
And oh wait, but first that there's the, oh, the I'm tree sorry. shopping. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, this is we so stupid. A, we skipped an important <laughs> sitcom scene. Very sitcom. This is so fucking stupid. Billy and Jake are Christmas tree shopping on fucking Christmas Eve. Why? I mean, I get last minute things on Christmas Eve, but, but there's not- too many. Too, how long is this day? They've already gone Christmas present shopping. They've gone to a Christmas party. Right. Now Allison's shopping for a tree at like fucking 10 p.m. But why would you want to... I mean, is that a thing people do? Do they buy their Christmas trees on Christmas Eve? That mean, seems like a waste. Last minute losers. They're probably cheaper. Cause it, but are the... Tree places even open late on Christmas Eve? Like, Probably I have no not. idea. I just feel like, okay, and then you got to dump it, like, in a week. Yes. I have definitely bought a tree very last minute, but not Christmas Eve last minute, uh, just to have one. I feel like part of having a tree is, like, you have it in the coming weeks before Christmas, and it's, like, exciting. This was just because I went to Northern California, so we got one while we were there. Right. So it was like a, a different circumstance. Right. So Billy and Jake are Christmas tree shopping. Now this is for the Christmas tree for Matt's house. Matt's party. Because Matt's yeah. having his own Christmas party. I mean, that is one nice thing they did for Matt. <laughs> they offered. I don't. I bet they didn't. I offer. don't think they. Offered. I don't think they offered. <laughs> I bet. I bet Matt asked them and they balked. In fact, in this scene, they're like, "Why did we agree to do this?" You're that right. was like a little moment they had, and I was like, "Cause you, Matt, does everything for you guys. Cause you're unemployed, Jake and Billy. Apparently, you're not working either. He doesn't have that much work to do. Clearly, no. Get off your ass. No, it's crazy." Matt needs to do a lip sync of Janet Jackson's What Have You Done For Me Lately to the entire complex. Totally. And be like, this song's dedicated to all of you. And then leave with his middle fingers up and say, fuck all y'all. Yeah, because the answer is nothing. And actually, you never did anything for me. It's Mm -mm. not just lately. (laughs) (laughs) Joe and Allison are also at the Christmas tree lot. So I guess they didn't coordinate this well. Well, they're shopping for their girls' Christmas. Right. We're supposed to believe that they're not going to go to Matt's Christmas party. Why, Why wouldn't they do that? Why would they not go to Matt's Christmas party? <laughs> I'm also going to reiterate it again. I think it's totally unfair that they never include Matt in their girls' nights. Yes. Yes. He should be there. He should be there. Anyway, um, Jake and Billy are talking about their failed relationships. And then we get the sitcom moment where... They all pick the same tree and they're playing tug of war with it. Like yeah. the girls pick the tree and the boy, and they're from the opposite side. Like, I want this tree. No, I want this tree. Hey, who's grabbing this tree? And the tree is not even that nice. <laughs> That's what's crazy. <laughs> they fight over it, but then they, they agree. Why don't we all chip in and get this big one big tree for the courtyard so everyone can enjoy the tree. What about Matt? Matt, you didn't complete the assignment. That wasn't the assignment. Uh, Matt asked you to buy him a tree yeah. for his house. And now you're going to get one that won't even fit in. It's for the courtyard. <laughs> so now we go to Sydney. She's on a date. This guy is a sad sack. He's balding. She doesn't look happy to be there. He's like sitting in his boxer shorts. He looks moping. real sad. <laughs> and he doesn't want to fuck. He just wants to cry and talk. And he starts asking her, what do you want to do? And, and he's like, yeah, what do you want to do with your life? And she's like, 
or he starts asking how long she's been doing this for. And she's like, well, not really long, but that's because I'm in college because I want to be a designer. Yeah. And she just starts lying. We get this whole monologue about how she's really going to make something of herself one day. She's got a really bright future. And she's like holding back tears. Yeah. She's, she's going to be important. Yeah. That's what she says. I'm going to be really important someday. And this sad little little orphan Annie monologue gets this guy rock hard. He gets horny finally. Finally, he gets horny. This is his kink because he starts stroking her. Like you think he's just going over to comfort her, but he starts kind of sniffing her neck. Yeah, and she's sobbing at this point. Right. And he's still kissing her. This is why she's the most popular (laughs) of the women, because she always (laughs) cries at all of her appointments, and these guys that Lauren are setting her up with are into that. They're into the broken dolls, right? They want to fix them. Yeah. Meanwhile... Michael's caretaker is basically like, yeah, you're being a big baby, Mancini. Because he's bitching and moaning. She needs to be around always. <laughs> she just needs to be hired for more than one thing. Um, and he tells her to go to hell. And then he quickly backtracks. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm just scared. Just scared I'm not going to walk again or practice medicine. And then... He, from his chair, he notices through the blinds in the window, everyone else at Melrose Place laughing and giggling and setting up the tree outside. And he, right. And he's telling her, he's like, I burned every bridge in this place. Because she's like, they seem like really nice people. Why don't you go out and like join the party? He's like, fuck those people. They all hate me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like true. Yeah. Hey. Although they'd be nice to him if he rolled out. If he rolled out, they'd be like, hi, Michael. It would be awkward, but I think they'd be like, do you want to join? There's no way those little suck-ups wouldn't say that. Yeah. He, he's like, I don't, they're not my friends anymore. Billy and Allison are outside untangling lights for the tree. And Billy tells her that he's leaving for the airport tomorrow morning, which is Christmas Day. Not, poor planning, Yeah, Billy Campbell. Then we see something truly shocking. Sydney driving in a car. Yeah. When did this happen? She must have bought this with the cash she made from Lauren. But she's only had a few dates that we've seen. And a car would be way more money, right? Like, When did this happen? I need to know if this happened before she was doing all her errands. Because she did say she took the bus to Michael's house a right. few times, but I need to know when this happened in the timeline. Maybe her parents sent her a car or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it doesn't look like a a flash. It's not a flashy car. It's, no, it's like just like a little sedan. She spent all her money on southwestern furniture. <laughs> I think that's where all the money went to. So. She pulls up at a church, and this is where we get this scene where she's walking solemnly through this Catholic church. It's very beautiful, and she goes into the confessional booth, and she tells the priest that you know she hasn't confessed for a really long time and that she's a prostitute, and then she explains to him what a prostitute is. I love that. I have sex with men for money. It's like, <laughs> look, it's even in the Bible. Like a yeah. priest would know what that he is. Knows what, he knows what that is, Sydney. And she's like, and I use drugs. And it's just like... This, and I lied. And, and I lied. And it's this very tearful monologue. 
It's a very, like you mentioned up top, her like literal come to Jesus Christmas moment. Yeah. There's like an organ. Yeah. It's really (laughs) emotional. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. (laughs) At the airport, Billy's at the desk, at the ticket desk, and he's like, I need to go to Denver. (laughs) And this is so pre 9-11 obviously this whole scene (laughs) because it's like this would never be allowed right now ever he's literally running to each like terminal terminal check-in place like right where you load load onto the plane yeah and see if if they can make room for him like five minutes before he would have been arrested within seconds (laughs) yeah nowadays he would have been arrested and detained and interrogated and be like why do you why are you trying to get on a plane right now last minute he's running through the airport like he's in home alone and meanwhile this very jazzy version of deck the halls is playing and it's like deck the halls of baza holly and he's like do you have anything left? No, I'm sorry. We're all booked. It's like the background yeah. singers think they're an earth, wind, and fire in this yes. song. It's a great moment. Um, he's charging through. Back at Melrose, the out the exterior of Melrose Place is covered in Christmas lights. Yes. It looks like the Las Vegas Strip. I mean, this is a lot of lights. Didn't they do this like last Christmas too? Yes. Where it was all of a sudden lights everywhere. (laughs) But it was like, how did they do that so fast? Why did they do this on Christmas Eve? I have no idea. Then Michael rolls out of his bedroom in like a brown tweed (laughs) dinner jacket. And she's like, oh, you look nice. And he's like, yeah, you're taking me to to Jane's boyfriend's house for to his Christmas party. He, I want to go to his Christmas party, and she's like, "Ah, uh, I'm pretty sure that that's not allowed. That she wouldn't like that." And he's like, "I'm going. I need to talk to Jane." He calls a cab. He calls a cab, and she's like, "I don't want you making a fool of yourself." It's like Colleen. It's Michael Mancini. She like, got Michael Mancini's number from like the second they met. I like too when he calls the cab, and he's like, "Oh." And I'm in a wheelchair. Got a problem with that? <laughs> Just like um, at Robert's party, this house is packed. Everyone's standing around in their sweaters. I it's, mean, this it's this, a pretty boring party. It's a you know all these people are like you want to die when you talk to them. I mean, and that's why Jane is literally looking out the window, bored as hell, probably. Yeah. Right? Like, all of his friends, no one has any interesting stories. No, it's totally boring. And and Michael, I'm sorry, I mean, Jane and Robert, they're a very boring couple. They're like, a really boring couple, but we've talked about this before. Robert is actually a really nice guy, even if he's boring. Yeah. He is boring. He, he is a nice guy, but it's like, I don't want to see this couple. Mm-mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> No, because Robert actually doesn't want any drama. And Robert, he's not flawless, but he does own up to when he's made a mistake. Right. And it's like, we're on a nighttime soap. Yeah, I need need you to be doing something bad. Um, Anyway, Michael rolls up and Jane sees Michael when she's out on the balcony. Imagine being on the balcony, looking down on the street and seeing your ex-husband roll up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to cause trouble. 
<laughs> like, what do you even do in that? You, it's like, I don't, it's like, I don't even want you up here. Yeah. Well, first of all, how did he plan on getting up there? Right. Cause Robert lives in like the second level of a walk up or something. Like there's definitely stairs in it, front. If it's a house, it doesn't look, um, this place doesn't look like a very accessible building. No, it's not like ADA approved, not even wheelchair the, ramps, not even anything. in the slightest. Um, no, they need to, they need to fix this building, but she intercepts him before he even gets very far. Yeah. She runs down and she's like, Michael. And he's like, well, Jane, I came to say, I'm sorry. And tell you sorry to Robert too. I changed. I'm a changed. <laughs> this is a classic Michael apology. Yeah. Apologizing in a way that further inflames the situation. Right, because it's it's making the other people feel like they're the ones doing something wrong by not accepting his apology. Because or, he's inconveniencing <laughs> everyone yes. and he's causing a scene. Yes. It's like this apology could have waited till the morning when Jane or two days from now. There was no reason he's coming there to ruin the Christmas. Absolutely. And then Robert runs out and he's like, what are you doing here, Mancini? And, and Michael's like, I'm sorry for being a jerk. What? <laughs> like, like how that's what he thinks he was, a jerk. <laughs> I was just a jerk. I killed my, my fiance. I broke up my marriage. I fucked her sister. That's all jerk, classic jerk behavior. <laughs> it's like, way yeah. to underestimate he's Mancini. Like, Robert, can't take, a, can't take an apology? Yeah. And... And he, Robert's like, I can't, I can't even do this. He's fucking furious. Well, and then Robert also kind of underestimates Michael because he's like, he's this smart ass. And I was like, he's a little more than smart. <laughs> yeah, he's not a smart ass. He's a conniving villain. Yes. So Robert is like, wants to go back inside with Jane. And of course, Jane, such a pushover. She's like, well, Robert, I can't leave him here. Because Michael is wheeling off down the sidewalk, <laughs> like like he's just gonna like go home that way. I mean, we don't even know what part of town Robert lives in. The cab has left at this point. There's no cell phones or right. Ubers. It's ninety three. I mean, Jane and Robert could have called him a cab. Like that's the more reasonable thing. But I Michael think. wants to do that performance that you do when you're a little kid where you get the stick and the bindle and you're yes. like, I'm going to run away. It's okay. I'll just wheel myself home. No, 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 no. Don't, don't worry no, about don't help me. me. I'm just, I'll just in the I'll cold. Get home. I'll get home before it hits 30, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and Jane decides that she's going to drive Michael home. Part of me thinks she also is happy to leave that party. Yeah, I mean, and Robert's pissed. He's he's rightfully pissed off, and he and she says to him, "I'll call you later." And he says, "You know what? Don't bother." I mean, good for Robert. This is the most we've ever seen him stand up to her. Stand up to Jane. Back at the Melrose party, they're cutting into a birthday cake for some reason. But we we at least get Matt saying, "Whoa, it's huge." <laughs> We also get somebody saying, stick it in, stick it in. I was like, what's going on in this cake cutting? Everyone's deciding to do all these sexual double entendres. This is what we get during the cake cutting. We get, woohoo, put it in there. And then we get, whoa, it's huge. (laughs) Like, what was going on? But this cake, look at this. No, it looks like they went to fucking Safeway. It's a Safeway grocery store cake that... 
was supposed to be for someone's birthday and they had the gal behind the counter write Merry Christmas on it. I've yeah. never heard of this kind With of... With the gel. The yeah. gel <laughs> writing, remember? Yeah. I've never heard of this kind of cake, like having a cake. I'm sure they have. I bet you they have them. Well, a bouche de Noel. I bet you Safeway, though, has some gross Christmas cake with, like, ice skaters on I'm it or sure. something. <laughs> uh, well, this does have ice skaters on it. I'm just sure that cr- that a cake themed for Christmas, that, that you can buy that anywhere. It's just not when I think of, like, Christmas. No. You don't. Th- I'm it's gonna, birthday cake with Christmas decor, basically. You don't think of, like, oh, it's Christmas. We got to get a cake. No. You think of maybe a pie. There's certain Christmas desserts. Or cookies. Yeah. Like, cookies, yeah. a pie. Or you get um, a bouche de Noël. I've made sticky toffee pudding at Christmas. Or sticky toffee pudding. Maybe yeah. you even do a croque and bouche if you're really ambitious. Yes. yes. Always you got to go extra. Always wanted to make one of those, by the way. Me too. With the fucking sugar. With the sponge sugar Ugh. cascading around it. Well, now I know how to make shoe pastry. Okay, we got to make one okay. of those. Anyway, they're cutting into this big old cake and... What happened? Billy shows Billy, up as Santa. Billy fucking shows up <laughs> dressed as Santa. So I guess he couldn't. He did all that running around the airport for nothing. Oh, and he inexplicably found all of the Santa costumes in a um, discount table at the airport. And all the presents. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they're like, whoa, where'd you get all the stuff? He's like, at the discount bin at the airport. That's not a thing. <laughs> no. There's I mean, no discounts at the airport. They charge double for everything, no matter how old it is. <laughs> like, Yeah, he made that up. Um, I think he stole it from the airport. Maybe. Uh, anyway... I mean, you could do that before 9-11. You just, you just, just steal. Just it do. wasn't like a federal crime. Look, the airport was a free-for-all back in the 90s. Absolutely. Um, so Santa shows up, and and he's like, oh, he's got this Santa voice. It's Santa. And, and Nikki is like, hi, Billy. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, it's not Billy. It's Santa. <laughs> and, and Allison walks over, and she's like, hi, Santa. And she gets horny with Santa. It's like, come on, Allison. She gets a little too horny for Santa. Yeah. And everyone starts opening up Billy's airport gifts. They're getting like, oh, oh. a cheddar-flavored popcorn. Um, an extension cord. An extension cord <laughs> for my headphones on the plane. Um, beef jerky. <laughs> beef jerky. A C's candy box. Everyone's fighting over that C's candy box. Ooh, That's the only good gift absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Sydney shows up. She's not looking to party. She just wants to go straight up to her apartment. And Jane is like, why don't you join us? And she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm just all partied out. And then she starts crying and she hugs Jane and Jane looks concerned. And then Matt's phone rings and it's Katya calling from Russia. And then he gets off the phone and he solemnly goes over to Nikki and he tells Nikki that Katya has decided to stay in Moscow. So Matt is going to have to take Nikki to the airport in the morning. The next day. The next day they got this flight. Why would Katya do it this way? <laughs> it's just crazy to me. Like Katya also made such a big deal about how bad it was living in Russia. I just feel like this would have not been such a last-minute decision. 
Not that I, not that I'm sad to get rid of this storyline. I just don't find it very believable. (laughs) I also love that Matt is on this phone call and he comes out really sad and everyone's singing carols. Yeah. And Amanda's like the loudest of them all. Right. Like I love when Amanda gets involved in festivities. Yes. It's very unnatural. She's the drunkest. No, but logistically this doesn't make sense buying this kind of international plane ticket like this last minute. Also, it's like there's zero time for these two who have bonded to kind of say goodbye. It's traumatic for Nikki as well. Yeah. I just she can't prepare. It just seems very uh weird to me. The next day, Allison wakes up in her bed. She is living her Laura Ashley fantasy with these incredible floral print curtains that are behind her. Yes. I am obsessed with this bedroom look. It is so of the era. Yes. I think I had, I I know I had uh, Laura Ashley curtains in my bedroom. Absolutely. And I, I wish I still had them in my bedroom. Yeah. That stuff's hot now too. Like nineties is the new vintage. Well, it has been for a while. That's just, I mean, now it's too. But even like decor wise, I feel like the fashion was there for a bit. The fashion's been there for a long time. The most recent sort of nostalgic decor boom to happen, I feel like, is the whole 80s deco, 80s deco revival. Yes. I don't know what's now, what's, I mean, that's been going on for a few years now, but I don't know what currently is coming back. I wonder if, but I wonder if it is going to be that more, um, like a more rustic 90s furniture decor style. I'm not talking clothing. I'm talking like... Yes. I'm talking like... Because there is a staggering, I think, between the fashion and the home decor. Yes. Because the 80s homes... The 80s fashion was back long before the oh, decor elements. Oh, years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think the same with some of the 90s. Like, it's going to be funny when we see Shabby Chic come back. That's what I'm saying. After seeing it the first time around, like, it'll be one of the first designs I really remember strongly being everywhere, coming back. Like That's such a good point because, yeah, because, like, 80s fashion came back just over 20 years ago. 90s fashion came back, like, 10 years ago. And it's been, we're still in, like, a Y2K revival uh, K-hole right now. It's also like, it's not like all 90s decor or 80s or whatever. It's like, it'll be a specific, like, air, like design style. Like the right? 80s deco yeah. revival. Yeah, it's, totally. It's like, the deco revival with a lot of clean lines and um, white lacquer. Yes. I follow a ton of like furniture stores in LA and I always pay close attention to what everyone's buying. And a lot of it I don't like. Mm. Like, I don't like a lot of that. Uh, beveled glass coffee table. I don't either. The The 80s kind of stuff, yeah. The thing is, is it it always looks good when it's all put together in a room and it all is the same style, but it just, buying some piece like that that is so... Dated. 80s and dated just wouldn't... Like, there's certain pieces where I'm like, that would never fit with any of my other stuff. Well, a lot of the coffee tables from the 80s are squares instead of rectangles. And they're all glass, and I don't like a glass coffee table. I don't mind certain styles of glass, but I don't like the ones where it's like some weird oak with the wood. I hate the, the glass. Oak. The oak like, is, that would, that is to so me, I'll 80s. just never accept with like sometimes a brass detail yeah. with the glass squares. Yeah. That's popular now, well, though. Well, the glass bricks. That, Those I like more. 
That's so retro. I, I, I can like a glass brick detail. It's a Coke moment. For sure. If it's done correctly, I can be like, that looks cute. Like, But it's also could be a dentist office moment. Absolutely. <laughs> I actually went to like a thrift store like last week and I saw a Nagel print and I was like, oh my God, should I? <laughs> I mean, they, it, those are timeless. They're just so of that era. It's just like crazy to me because it's like very Rio, Duran Duran. Like, I think, I think before, like also in the same era of like the shabby chic era was like sort of the Tuscan style kitchens, which are so date. They're also dated now, but like they're so like uh, real housewives of orange County or whatever. Oh, totally. Like the farmhouse sink and like the big faucet yeah. on the sink. No, but like- I mean like the marble countertops with the, the wood, the, the wood ever, the wood detailings, like the kind of Tuscan, Revive like Mediterranean almost, not met like, but Tuscan isn't marble, those white and gray marble. That's more it's farmhouse. not the white and gray marble. It's like what is it where it's like, like Jessica granite. Simpson's house? I know what you're talking about. I'm they if all had it, the same kitchens in the early 2000s. Yes, it was very it was like that big fridge with the and wooden you had the, doors. You had the platters that had like white and yellow with olives painted yes. on them. But like, you know what I'm talking about? Those fridges, but they were like, look like doors. Yeah. Like, they had the wood paneling like yeah. on the outside to match the cabinetry. It was like the kitchens were all like, had a lot of wood in them. Right. And then like wrought iron details and then like black granite counters. And you had the wrought iron um, pot rack above your island. And then you have the wrought iron <laughs> chandelier above the uh, the kitchen island. For some right. fucking reason. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So I I do like this uh, Laura Ashley decor. I wonder, like I know Laura Ashley has had revivals in certain niches in the recent past. Yes. But I'm wondering about for home decor specifically. Right. I don't think I've seen home decor yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if she start, came out with a line of um, fabrics. Batsheva? Oh, no. Oh, Laura, Laura Ashley, Ashley herself. Like Laura Ashley Fabrics. She did. Recently? Well, back in the day. No, I'm talking about now where it's like yeah. designer fabrics for interiors, right? Yes. Like, yeah. I don't even know if Laura Ashley still sells shit. Whatever. I don't this, think so. Someone's going to turn this pot. I, I don't like... They weren't talking about Melrose It's place. not Melrose... It's the, not design place. It's, not, it's Melrose it's, place. Stop talking about design. Yeah. One star. Yeah. I can't find the fast forward button. Okay. Well. Anyway, Allison wakes up in her bed. She finds Billy in the living room wearing a Santa hat for no reason because he's supposed he's trying to do this undetected. So this was clearly for his own personal pleasure. <laughs> Those are moments I love where it's like you didn't think anyone was gonna see you, but why are you wearing that? Like, why are you putting that hat on? That's vulgar. And he's stuffing frantically stuffing <laughs> stockings. He's like sweating. <laughs> he looks like a. He looks like. Ill. Sorry, I'm having now. I'm having flashbacks of the beginning of the next. Episode. Oh God, we're gonna talk about that. We're Sorry, gonna talk when you about said sweating. I just almost fainted. Oh, I have a whole thing about that. I okay, have a good. whole thing about that scene. Um, that was for the gays. That was that insane. Was, <laughs> we Dar- need to save it. Darren Star did that for the gays, and I yes, love that. Absolutely. Anyway, um. She's like, Billy, 
What are you doing? He's like, uh, I'm stuck with stuff in a stocking. I'm trying to surprise you. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Billy, I acted like an idiot. And he's like, you know, Allison, I overlooked the most important thing, that you chose me and not him. And then they get real close, and she gets horny. She's like, you know, I always wanted to kiss Santa. And they kiss. It's like, And like suddenly they're just made up. Yeah. Well. Michael has a gift for Jane. It's a pair of earrings. And she says, hmm, you always did have good taste in jewelry. And she also has a gift for him. And it is a really ugly sweater with like a paisley <laughs> intarsia, like stitched into it. It's so 90s. Because doesn't it have like the little leather stitching patches or something. It's like one of those 90s sweaters. I can't explain it, but you would wear it with pleated pants. You would absolutely wear it with, <laughs> with pleated jeans. <laughs> and she's she's like, uh, yeah, she, he's like, oh, I love it, Jane. It's so nice. So great. Um, Robert shows up and he wants to talk to Jane outside and Michael looks concerned she apologizes and is like, you know, I was, I was out of line. Or he says he was out of line. So he's apologizing. Once he, again. See, this is what I mean by Robert is like too good, too good of a guy for this show. He owns up to his mistake. And then he presents her with a gift. And it is a diamond-looking pendant. <laughs> it could be a diamond owl. We don't know. It could be a diamond owl. <laughs> Could be a moissanite. <laughs> cubic zirconia. Cubic zirconia. Cubics were hot back because it's then. a fucking huge pendant. It's a little too big to be a diamond. Yes. I mean, I don't know how much Robert makes, but um, that would be like expensive. Way, really way expensive. expensive. Yeah. Um, and she's like, "Oh my god, Robert, it's so pretty." And Michael's watching this all go down through the blinds. I mean, he did like get a more impressive looking gift. Jewelry, yeah. piece of jewelry than what Jane got from Michael. And he sees them kissing and he's like, how did he get the earrings? Yeah. How did he send Colleen? <laughs> Colleen he sent Colleen to Melrose Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> with 20 bucks. Sydney wakes up in her red dress from the night before. With her leopard duvet. With her leopard <laughs> duvet. And she hears a knock at the door and she's like, it just like comes to on the bed. It's Lauren with a gift. It's like this big old gift basket wrapped up in cellophane. It's just like a bunch of wine. That's all that was in there. It's just like six bottles of wine. Yeah. And Sydney gives Lauren cash and she's like, I'm quitting the biz. Here's all the cash I made plus the stuff that I owe you. I owe you for the dresses. And, and Lauren is like, all of a sudden, she's very understanding. Yeah. She's like, okay. She's well, like, it was, mm, you know, was good nice. luck to you. Thank you. Yeah. You can always call me. Like she's like this sweet mother. Yeah. As opposed to I'll I'll break your fucking legs. Right. And she lets Sydney keep the money. And Sydney's like, wow, this worked out great. Yeah. Like completely <laughs> clueless about what's going on, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> At the airport, we get a scene that shocked me to my core based on my reaction to it. I cried. 
I cried too. I said that to you. I was like, I literally just cried. <laughs> you texted me that you cried in this scene. I remembered this scene from all the times I've seen this show before. So I was not expecting I would shed a tear. I must, we must be getting our periods because I fucking cried. Well, Mara Wilson is a good child actress. Yes. First of all. Yes. And I think that really helps because there wasn't any coy bullshit acting on the kid part, which sometimes happens because they're kids. Like. Yeah. And Matt, Doug Savant, he's also a great actor and he really sold this scene. I be- We believe him. Well, because there's like this whole bit about he promised her no tears. So it's always very effective seeing someone not try not to cry. Yes. It makes you cry. And obviously we get the cheesy, she goes on down the fairway or whatever there to go onto the plane and then runs back to Matt and, and then he completely loses it. Yeah, they have a hug. She runs and gives him a hug. Um, and it is, like we said earlier, it's sad because it's the one person who appreciates Matt. <laughs> so maybe that's why we were so touched to finally see Matt sort of have someone who cares. Yeah. And it's sad. I don't like what Katya did to him. I feel like it was kind of unfair yeah. that she kind of dragged him into their lives and then just has this abrupt departure yeah. after leaving her kid with him. Right. I mean, not that he has any rights or like no, whatever, No. but like, I just, like I said before, it's like, how about like a day, like a few days to kind of adjust How to about it? some transition? Yes. Also like the day after Christmas, like that's also unbelievable. You're just going to get a flight to Mo- Moscow last minute. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Billy and Allison are back, baby. And they're at Melrose Place under the mistletoe kissing. And Amanda catches them. She sees them from the stairs. And she looks really upset. She does not want those two to be together. She's definitely like, if I can't have Billy, she can't have him. Especially. I like, she's not going to lose to fucking Allison. No. I don't think... Amanda wants Allison to be with Billy, even if she's with someone else. No, I she, she can never have this happen. No. <laughs> like, so Amanda's fucking pissed. And that is where we end the episode. We love a pissed Amanda. Mm. Only good can come of that. We know for the show. <laughs> we know she's going to pull some shit. Yeah. Which she does do in the next episode. And we'll talk about that. Well, the- and Amanda has very, Juicy uh, info on Billy. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because Allison does not know that they fucked. Right. Uh, so and 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 Amanda obviously holds Allison's career in her hands. Oh yeah, she, she's her superior. She loves having this mm. uh, over Allison for sure, and over yeah. Billy too. Yeah. Because even though she'll play it off like, of course, the secret's safe with me. No, Is we it- know that's bullshit. <laughs> we know that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not. No. Uh, So, yeah, I'm excited. We will talk about episode 16 very soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.